Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast. Your hosts are Wazza and Dan. Oh, Dan, what a week. That's it. Happy to be here, but not so happy with the game. Well, we're going to get straight into some footy uh, topics. Everyone's talking about Liam Ryan, so so will we. Um, I thought at the start of the week, it's a minor crash. Why is this newsworthy? But still, there's a bit to come out. Eagles aren't telling us exactly what's going on. The police haven't said anything. Why was he taken to the hospital? And why wasn't he near the car? Well, it's just it was just blown up in the media, for my opinion. Just the way it was reported, um, a lot of articles said Liam Ryan in police incident. They called it a police incident. He knocked the bark off a tree. <laughs> Anyone that's seen the photo seen that he knocked the bark off a tree. Yeah. Um, I think the the bigger issue was he's having a bit of a dispute with his family, I believe, um, and hopefully that doesn't mess with his mind. Was it his family or a landlord? Because I heard landlord, landlord. I thought it was his a, a girlfriend, but yeah, oh. like that that that's the problem with the media. We yeah. never get a clear story. Um, but from all accounts, he's happy. Like people didn't like him dancing. But that's a sign he's happy at the club. He's happy with the boys. So let's just hope the personal issues doesn't affect his actual football. That's they like his dancing yeah. until after the game. Then they, you know, I'm, if we had won, yeah. they would have loved it. I'm very glad you've brought that up because he did that at half time, and yeah. arguably our best quarter was in the third. So after he's done that dance, they came out firing. You know, yeah. so it had nothing to do with the game. Well, look. Let's hope everything's right with him. Mental illness, if that's part of it. Let's hope the Eagles deal with it. Um, again, I don't think it was newsworthy, but because he's got an AFL jumper, it is. Um, let's hope for the best. But unfortunately, he's not playing this week, so he's won out already. Yeah, it's uh, horrible. We'll delve into the injuries a bit more soon. But JK, Darling... Lacra and now Ryan. Yep. That's four out of our what, our six midfielders are forward. Sorry, out. That is not good at the pointy end of the season, which we're fast approaching. It's not, is it? Um, look, there's so many rumours going about Gaff and McGovern. Every week we hear something different. On the way to do this show tonight, I heard that Carlton are put in for a bid for both McGovern's prepared to give up number one to either Adelaide or Eagles, whichever. Um, depends on if Eagles match it, because that's the only way we could get the number one pick. Look, at the end of the day, is it unsettling people? We put out a bit of a little uh, poll. It says, is a non-signing of Gaff, Gov and Lysett having an impact on the rest of the team? Will they stay loyal? Will they stay loyal or is it all about the money? Um, loyalty, integrity, 54% agreed with it. And 46 said it's all about the money, so it's a bit even there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what it is having an effect on. It's having an effect on me. Um, I'm sick of it, and uh, I have a bit of an uneasy feeling with it now. I feel more like he is going. Gov? Gov? What about Gaff? Gaff, not so much, but he usually signs midway. So the longer he doesn't sign, the more worried I'll get. But with Gov, we're talking about the offers being a ridiculous. Eagles can't play. That's the thing that gets me. Do I want to keep Gov? Yes. Is Gov worth, let's say, eight hundred to a million dollars a year? Yeah. But when you're talking about one point two, and I've heard one point four, which he won't get, and six years, it's 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 not going to happen. Um, Let's just say it's four hundred thousand extra a year over five years. This will be his last contract. That's two million dollars. So I don't begrudge the guy for taking that because there's a lot more money but from a eagle's point of view we can't pay that and we shouldn't pay that he's got his own plumbing business he's a director in another business 
to me, it's saying he's either staying at West Coast or he's going to Fremantle. That would hurt. I can't see he's going anywhere else. If he goes to Fremantle, you're going to be the most hated player in WA, mate. Mm. It's, it's, it's that simple. You know, it's cool. The Fremantle people will love you and they want you. And the rumours is the players think he's already there. I'm hoping that you stay loyal. But at the end of the day, if people were throwing money at me, I'd be looking at it as well. Yeah, to me, Fro's a funny one because they got picked two for Lockie Weller, which is from Gold Coast, which is great for them. But it's kind of made their draft look a bit better than it actually has because they keep importing players. So they're, I don't know how they're going to fit McGovern in the salary cap if it's, let's just throw the figure, $1.2 million out there. I don't understand how they can afford that because apparently they're paying 700000 a year just for Benell. And he's not even on the park. You know, Fife just signed a contract 1.2 mil, you know, last year. So I don't understand. They brought in McCartney. They brought in... McCarthy. McCarthy, sorry. Kirsten, Hamling, Hill. You know, they've, yep. they've imported all these players. Matera and Wilson last year. They really liked hit the trade, which is the complete opposite to what I like to do. I, I hit Last the draft. year, yeah, I hit the draft. Yep. That's where I go. Oh, well, look, that's interesting what pans out there. Uh, Gaff, there was a rumour going around during the week that he wants to go home. I'm hoping that's not true. Um, if he does, he'd probably be going to Melbourne because Melbourne are the team that want him and probably could use him. Um, if he did, I'd be asking, matching that and asking for Hogan. Uh, the sad thing is we're in the position where no matter what figures are thrown out, our hands are tied. I feel we have to match these offers. Yeah. But the sad thing is I don't think their gut feel as they want to really go. So if we match those offers, they might, they'll probably want to stay. And then that could affect our salary cap down the line when our younger players deserve more money. Um, Gaff, to me, is the one we really need to keep. His game on the weekend showed that. He's um, added another string to his bow where he plays a bit more on the inside this year. So he's shown a little bit more versatility. We talked about... The he's very, in brown low form. Very much so. And we talked about him not kicking goals. He's kicking a few goals. Not every game, but he does pop up. Kick the beautiful one on the weekend again. We will talk about him a bit more like we always do later on. Um, somebody said to me a few years ago, and I can't remember if it, who it was, but it was somebody from the Eagles that once said, we will never let go of the players that we, we really need. And... I'm just hoping that these two are what they need and they won't let them go unless they can see something beyond their horizon. Well, that's it. And I I would be very surprised, which I find funny because Gaff, to me, is the better player. Like, he's the one I'll throw more money at. Um, but I don't know if he's been offered these 1.2 mils. So I think, yeah, we will definitely match the offer. And then if he lets, he, it's, he wants to go home, it's the home factor, then, yeah, we will do a trade and... Uh, if we learn anything from the Judd trade, which we've mentioned before, you know, in hindsight, sometimes these moves for short-term pain are better for the long-term yeah. game. And someone that was, uh, it was made me happy, made me grin from ear to ear. East Perth and the Eagles are parting way. I've been waiting this since it started. I didn't want it to happen. Everyone on social media on our Next Generation discussion page and podcast page know how I feel about this. I've always been anti it because the waffle clubs that has got no idea they don't look at the bigger picture and i still don't think they look at the bigger picture because some of them are already reported saying oh we will let him in but we're not going to let him play for points well that just shows you how mickey mouse your bloody competition is um victoria do it well the tac cup's number one the vfl second 
and they have no problems with their alone alignment teams. South Australia, they've sort of had a bit of teething problems with uh, Adelaide and the Crows, but they're not dominant. So bite the bullet, let them have it next year, and we can all move on and be happy because at the end of the day, if the AFL reserves come in, what are you going to do anyway, Waffle? Yeah, it, it was been baby steps with the Waffle. It was great that um, all our seconds players played in one team, but it was damaging East Perth. We've spoken about this before. It's damaging there under the the fabric of the East Perth Football Club, and you know, and I can understand East Perth wanting to get out of it because they're losing players from underneath to go on to other players like Subiaco and all that. Because why would you go to a team that's got AFL players that are going to get first choice? Well, that's it, and the, it's the inconsistency. How can you have a consistent side when you never know who's going to get selected from week in, week out? Yeah. You know, Eagles just rip the good players away. They have a good game. All right, he had a great game. Then Eagles on the flip side say, yep, we'll take him now because he's had that good game. Um, and I don't think, to be honest, I don't think it's actually helping the Eagles as well at the same time because our goals aren't aligned. East Perth wants to win for East Perth. Eagles want to win yep. for Eagles. So what I'm finding is they will play a player out of position. Eagles want this player to come into the side, play a role, this role for the club, but that might not align with what East Perth wants it. And yeah. it was so evident last year with, say, Chris Marston was in the guts all the time, where that's not where he plays with the Eagles. And when Sherrod Wellingham got dropped, it was the exact same thing. We wanted him to get form as a back pocket or a rebounding half back, but then they played him in the guts as well. Yeah. So they've been played out of position, so it's not really aligning it, well. It's, it's not going to work. All right, let's get on to the medical room. Uh, Brass... Apparently one week, so he might be back for the pies. Darling could be back for the pies if you believe JK, but you know JK has lied a few times on the radio. <laughs> Malcolm Carpen, he's still three weeks ago away with his knee. Jeez, a tongue twister. Um, Josh Kennedy, well, he could be back for the pies, but I wouldn't expect it. I'd say it's a week after. Um, Daniel Venables is another test with an ankle. Mackenzie. Well, how unfortunate that is, mate. That could be his career over. That that could be. I wonder if they will wait to the end of the year um, and see if Gov stays just for that insurance and have a big body backman. Um, or I was if hoping, they'll pull the pin now and say, look, I'm going to retire. My body's not right. I was hoping he was going to come back, jump in the back line so they could put Sko out forward, but I only can dream a little bit, so that's, that's never going to happen. And Mark Lacroix, well, has he had surgery or hasn't he? Josh Kennedy on radio sort of said he did. Vozo said he didn't. So I don't know who to believe there, but he's out for four weeks. It was interesting that the day of the game, his Instagram um, profile's got him launching his boat going out fishing. Yeah, see, I don't actually like that. Apparently he could be three weeks away. That's the rumour. Um, and if you're three weeks away, why is he out fishing? You know what I mean? He should be putting a nice resting, but that's me being a bit selfish because I want these players back out there. We need these players Maybe you can't watch footy. I, I know if I wasn't playing, I couldn't watch the game because oh, you just want to be out there. Watch a movie, mate. I don't want you fishing <laughs> or doing any physical recreational sports or entertainment or nothing, mate. Like You didn't actually see his face, so it could have been somebody else, but it was on his profile yeah. at the time of the game. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to the game. It's the final siren. Well, Adelaide versus West Coast. Adelaide 12 16 88 to West Coast 12 6 78. And it all happened in the last quarter. Walker, well, he had probably a captain's game, if you want to call it that. He got three goals. Jenkins got two, and they were in the goal square usually, like always. McGovern, he did a bit of a roll up front, kicked two. 
Elias at two. Cripps, I thought Cripps was one of our better players with two. Uh, Gaff was probably best on ground for me, and there was a crowd 44,771 at Adelaide Oval, and we lost, yeah, a game there, so I'll just uh, get on to the TNG votes from our TNG page. Uh, Gaff got three, Shep got two, Hutchie one, and Gaff's now in the front with Lee, uh, 14. And Darling Yo are on 11 and Redden on 10. But look, let's get to some talking points of the game. You have to give it to Adelaide. They, um, I could see it happening halfway through the third. The damn wall was going to bust. Um, yeah, they looked dead and buried, but they just got up and found something. We were 27 points up just before three-quarter time, and they just kicked six goals in a row, and we just did nothing about it. And the walker was massive. Oh, I don't know. It was unbelievable. He had one of his good games. I thought Schofield was on a hiding to nothing down the back line, regardless of the time I come in. It's just he was outsides when he was on Jenkins, when he was on Walker, he was outpaced. Um, we just didn't do enough. We just went to sleep. Well, that's it. And um, it's just shout out to Barras and how much we really miss him down back, you know, because a lot of was talked about his one on ones, but I think the competition is that hard now. The forwards are so fit that then there are no defenders that are completely one-on-one destroying their player. Yeah. Um, free kicks are up on an average of six per game, and I think five out of those six have been to pretty much forwards. They're really cracking down on that. Um, what a horrible game. I can't believe in the last two weeks of football we've lost two quarters. That's all we've lost, but yet we've lost both games. That's a horrible sign that we cannot stifle the momentum. And another thing I took out of this game, and I'm not making excuses because, as I said, that it's, I hate to use the word, but that's a pathetic effort to lose two games when you've only lost two quarters over those two weeks. But Rory Lard coming back, I always have trouble saying his name. I don't know why. 31 disposals. That's their not good backman. He came back um, from injury. And Rory Sloan didn't have an impact. But what happened was Matt Crouch did. Now, if Rory Sloan wasn't playing, Hutchings then would have got the tag on Crouch. Yep. So that's a chain reaction move. So just bringing two players in can just show what a difference it makes to your, your team, basically. Um, and that's where I hold my breath and just... I hope we can just tread water for a while because that's all we need to do um, and then get a couple of players back. Yep. Um, and then it'll make a world of difference really because we're not getting blown out the water. It's horrible games to watch and it's a gut-wrenching feeling the way we're losing them, but we're not getting smashed. No, just like you said, it's one quarter. But before I go into Dota, he was brilliant. For a first-year player, he was unbelievable. Brilliant. I'd... He was unbelievable. He was brilliant in defence. And, you know, he might not have had the best forwards to go to. And, you know, we had missing Darling and Kenny and whatever. But he was brilliant. But like you said... It's one quarter each game. St Kilda, last quarter. Roll. Couldn't stop it. Um, Sydney was a pretty good game. Then you get Essendon in the first quarter. Massive roll. Couldn't stop it. But afterwards, we stemmed the flow. And Adelaide. We just cannot stem the dam breaking. Well, and that's where I'm saying they're gut-wrenching losses because we're putting ourselves in winnable positions. The, the fact that Eston game was the first quarter, you couldn't see it as a winnable position, but the fact we won the last three quarters overall shows that if we didn't lax in that first quarter, we were in a winnable position. Yeah. And that, that that's what makes it gut-wrenching, and that's what's killing me. We need these couple players back, and I think it'll just read... Because the word I like is structure. It's destroyed our structure. Jack Darling is a massive out. The it's pressure huge. and what he creates is unbelievable. And people just uh, underestimate him. And the AFL 
critics Ava and Victoria will really realise how vital that guy is. Let's get to the Crows and the Eagles. We copped a hammering in contested possessions, 163 to 134. Got smashed into clearances and we got beat up in the inside count, inside 50 counts, even though 24 of them were in the last quarter. It was pretty even to that, them. That's it. It was disgusting because stats-wise, we weren't too bad. We were going head-to-head. We were in front of some. They were ahead of others. But that last quarter, everyone askew. That we, we we didn't win anywhere on the ground in that last quarter. No. Uh, clearances, we got destroyed, and that's where all their play came from. We were just nowhere to be seen. And you mentioned 24 inside 50s that last quarter, Chris. We had four. Yeah. That's damning. You let them have 20 more inside 50s in the last quarter. It was, And those four were very lucky as well. And I think one went in and straight back out. Yep. was right on the 50-metre line. Uh, look, let's have a look at the better players. With the Eagles. Gaffey was brilliant. 37 disposals, 7 tackles, 1 goal, 7 scoring inside, you know, scoring involvements, 4 inside 50s and 6 intercepts. Now, he cannot do much better than that. He had a game of his life. But when you look at the coaches' votes... He was right down the bottom. He got three votes, I think. And to me, I just went, am I watching a different game? Because regardless of the Eagles winning or losing, he was the best on ground. Yeah, well, I actually thought the exact same thing. You know, he topped it off. You know, the goal was just cream on the crop. But he's just such an underrated player. Like, people rate him, but his number statistically is up there with the best. And he's he's a runner. He keeps running. Um I, I don't know if I mentioned the beginning of the show, I think we actually talk about off-camera, is he added another string to his bow where he's playing a lot of inside this yep. year. So it's showing he's a bit more versatile. Shot. Inside, outside he can play. Just He's having probably his best year. So he's on track for another All-Australian we talked about as well. You said Brownlow form, and I can't help but agree. He really well, the, is. The Brownlow thing is, I saw a thing last night, I can't remember what it was, and it was five players that are eligible, you know, in the top five to get the um, Brownlow. And Gaff wasn't one of them. I'm sitting there going, what are these people watching? Are they actually watching all the games? When you've got Cochin in there ahead of Gaff, I just, I was dumbfounded. Yeah, I find it funny because... I rate Cochin, but I'm, Gaff's I'm, having a better year. The, these experts, they're not, they're not for me, mate. <laughs> and thank God the umpires who actually are at the game are the ones voting. And that might sound funny because some people don't like... But it's true. Like yep. Gaff is a big poller for the Eagles. When Prittis won it um, a few years ago... Everyone was like, well, that's a surprise, and they didn't put him in the All-Australian. His numbers, I'm pretty sure he was, like, leading disposals, leading tacklers. Yep. He's the all-time tackle record holder for the AFL-VFL in history. Um, and the umpires see that. So surely they see Gaff's impact on this game. They must So be. he'll get the votes, you know. Yeah. Right, another good player, Hearn, again, resolute in defence every week. He's playing as a captain. He, he's doing, he's having a brand. He's having his probably best form of his career. And Brad Shepherd, man, how good is that kid? You right. know? Yeah, all right. Unbelievable. 24 touches, six marks. That was Hearn that had the 24 touches. Shepherd had 19 touches with nine marks. So his defensive efforts were brilliant. Eight intercept possessions and eight spoils for the game, mate. Yeah, that's it. We spoke about Gaff being in All-Australian form. Well, I, I would put my house that Hearn is going to be in All-Australian by the end of this year. Um, he's like a fine wine. He's got better of age. It's, it's but Shepard's not even in anyone's discussion. That's what I was about to say. Is, but the thing with Shepard is he is so good. And the fact, I suppose, we see how good he is. But they don't... They like flair. They get... It's almost like 
a child being distracted by pretty colours. They like the flair of the game. Where he's so good defensively, Shepard. He plays way above his weight. His intercepts, he gets fists to the ball. Yeah. His second efforts, he's brilliant. Um, but they Maybe don't. They don't really vote for the defensive players. And a good one is last year. Hibbert got in. Now, yeah. in my opinion, Jetta was the better backman oh, yeah. for Melbourne that year. But see, Jetta was a more defensive backman for more, Melbourne. That's exactly right. He got right. more possessions. That's exactly that's right. But Hibbert was the fancy one, so yeah. he gets in. Now, you touched briefly on Sloan's game, but Hutchings is an underrated tagger. Um, he's a modern-day tagger. There's not many teams that have him these days because people like you don't tag player out and it's more of a run-with role. But he went in there specifically with a job to... Uh, you know, Number make five. sure Sloane's effectiveness wasn't there, and he, he did it. He did it brilliant. Well, I'm so glad he did because I tell you what, I was so so disappointed with Hutchings' effort against Essendon the week before. Yep. He came out and he up to half time he was our best on ground by far. Yeah, I was not only that. was he curbing Sloane's influence, he was dominating the we game. Had six himself. inside fifties. Yeah, uh, twelve disposals in the first quarter. Yep. Then he smacked his knee and he got off. Your tally was in pain, and it dropped a bit. I was thinking, if he didn't hurt his knee, he could have got like his best ever game, really. Um, and it's good. And I think the tag is coming back in vogue. And it's funny because it's a bit. It's not. Adelaide involved but I think uh, Mitchell from Hawks brought the tagger back into the game because yep. like if we don't tag he's going to get 40 and he's got 50 disposals you know these just ridiculous numbers and even though he's not again the pretty colours the flair of some plays you can't let anyone get that many contested possessions and that much of the ball so it's bringing taggers back into the game if you if you average 35 possessions a game yeah you got to yeah. have to tag them so alright uh, we're just going to get into these perf guys, but before we do the TNG tipping, I'll just give a shout out to Old East. He won the round, so good on you. But followed right behind him was Nick Nat Hearn, and he's back on top again. <laughs> so for those guys that messaged me saying that you're going to take me down last week, I'm still there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get to it. The revolving door. All the stats that matter at the Royals. Well, East Perth, not for much longer. Let's hope so. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy about that. South Fremantle, 16, 905 defeated East Perth, 12, 12, 84. And again, for the trivia buffs, the reserves keep exactly the same score as a league, but one by 27. That's two weeks in a row that they've scored the same I was just about score. to say, it's not the first time they've kept the same score, is it? <laughs> That's amazing. That, I just couldn't believe it. But let's get to the player sheet. He's going to be a big in this week, I reckon. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people have forgotten about him, but he had 34 possessions, seven marks, four tackles. Pardington, one of Dan's favourites, one goal, 25 disposals. Quaker uh, Watson, 19 disposals. Brayshaw's good to see him do all right in the league. One goal, 16 disposals. He could be a player that comes in this week, so don't be surprised. Venables, 15 disposals. Mortimer, 15, and then the rest, they dropped off. Uh, Petricelli, I don't know if he's done enough, 11 disposals, but because Liam Ryan's out, he could be a replacement. And Vardy, I think McGuinness this week will part from the league side and go back to East Perth and I think Vardy had his best game at Wobble two goals 12 disposals and 57 hitouts and in the reserves when he had one player Burrows and Alango I forgot to say in the injuries he's out for three weeks yeah with I a hammy it's horrible and um I don't know if many people saw it just getting quickly back on the injuries but they did a 
fluff piece on the AFL site, and they've just got no idea what's going on with interstate sides. It was like an injury ladder, and it had us at four disposals. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, four, four injuries. We've got eight. If yeah. you if you count Ryan mental illness and Olango, that's that's eight injuries, not four. And it's such. It was. It, the whole thing was almost to build Collingwood up how great they are. It's but just you, another stat that's manipulated oh. to boost their argument. But <laughs> it, it's the like anyone would look at that and go, yeah, but it's the quality of players you're out. How many Collingwood medalists is out in the Collingwood side? How many All Australians is out in that, yeah. that Collingwood side? Um, but this game here, Sheed automatic come in. He's responded. He played a good game last week without being great. That's that's great numbers there. Partington's. Uh, yeah, he is a favourite of mine. Uh, Graham Dodson, a uh, uh, great member of TNG. I don't know if he's a big fan, but he made the comment that he probably won't be there. And Sally, even though he's one of my favourite, I agree. If they don't play him, why would he stay? And I, he's, I agree he's with He's posting Dod- great numbers. I agree with Dodsey there. Um, why would you want to stay there if you're playing your ass off every week? And he did it last year. Like we said it before, we played six great games in a in a row. And I think it was only because of the fans speaking up about it yeah. that he was getting the game. Um, he's probably gone under the radar now because a lot of fans aren't concentrating on the East Perth side of things. So. You can see more of our depth as well. Yeah. See, last year our depth was hit so hard with injuries, yeah. not just our best 22, where he was the shining light. But mm. see, now he's surrounded by these young players, so it, he, yeah. he gets lost in general. But yeah, I just I would hate to see him go and perform pull these numbers in enough another club. I think a chance. And we talk about Petrol not doing enough to come in. I agree with that. But see, when Partington did come in, he played as a defensive forward. So the fact Ryan's out, he could actually be the one playing in the midfield in bursts, but then playing forward. Well, well, let's talk about Liam Ryan being out. The people that could really go in there are Partington, Petrocelli. Did they go another tour? They won't. Because no, if they did, it wouldn't be Brander. They'd be going Vardy, and that would be for McGuinness. So there's really only Partington and... Oh, unless they bring Venables back in. Uh, Venables is a test, and he's another one. He's only played a couple games back. It'll take him a while to get in the swing of things because he got injured not long after Ryan and hadn't, hasn't played footy. Like, he, he yeah, is, he's the one I'm, I... Anyone listens to the podcast earlier in the year is the one I I rate very highly. Um, I agree. Maybe a Brayshaw, but I don't think we're going to go for a genuine forward. I think we will go for a mid and then maybe rotate them through there. Similar to what we do in Marston with the half forward. He doesn't play a mid much. And Vardy, I agree 100%. Everyone's bring Vardy in because he's tall, but he didn't deserve a spot. That's by far his best game. So, yeah, I'll take McGuinness out now, bring Vardy in. Um, I don't like the three-ruck idea, but... One of them's going to be more of a genuine forward just because we're lacking in the height and size. Well, I I put on the TNG discussion page to play Nat New out forward for the whole game and have Vardy and Lysett rotating in the ruck. I got some good feedback, but I got some negative feedback as well. But (laughs) social media for you, sadly. I I think outside the box, um, that's just the way it goes. Um, And stats can be manipulated. So, Roger, if you're listening, they can be manipulated, mate. Um, And that was the only reason I was putting him down there the stats mean nothing to me. It's about form and getting that ball. So I love my stats, so I chuck them out there and it's up to the people to manipulate them how they <laughs> like. Um, but, yeah, I just think Vardy goes in, McGuinness out. I love the idea of Nick Nat forward. Yep. Um, you don't rely on free kicks, but as I mentioned earlier, there's an average of six more a game and five of those six 
I think they said five more forwards are getting uh, yeah. five more free kicks are paid in the forward line, yeah. and I think they would be so wary of Natanui forward because of his X factor oh, yeah. that they would just constantly impede him. And yeah. we all know he's actually not a bad kick on goal. Um, give Lysett the number one role. You know, you can still chuck Nick Nat in the yeah, the ruck time we've done with Lysett, yeah. but just. Throw a spanner in the works, you know. Keep GWS guessing, you know. Don't let him know what's going in. Um, you know, this year Simpson's not afraid to adapt and change things up. The game uh, injuries is making it hard for him because he can try and move a player, but it's up to that player then to perform that He's role. Perform. Yeah, um, it does happen. But if Natanui goes in, he does his little spurt in the ruck and then he's dominating and he's, you know, his ground ball, you know, that we know that he's so great at, then, yeah, we'll keep him in there. You know, you've got that option now. So just try something different. If it works, keep with it. If not, change it. And I'm just going to say, Rioli, you can count your lucky stars that Liam Ryan's out this week because your last two to three weeks has been average and you're lucky you're not going to get dropped, but who knows, you might do yet. I agree with that 100%. Was I find some of the older players get the slap from the supporters where it's really Rioli and Waterman. And it's hard to name these kids because they're kids and they've played a lot of footy, so they're tired and they are great, but they look tired to me. And they're, like they're very lucky with the injuries. He was demanding the ball heaps on the weekend. And again, they didn't deliver to him. And he was demanding and he was showing his anger. And I love that in a kid because he was going, kick it to me. And they, would have, they weren't doing it, so... Yeah, but you still got to do... So I understand that, but you can't rely on that one, you know. I don't know. I just think those two, I think they're there because of the holes oh, we got on the side, yeah. yeah. I think Darling JK back, I don't think he'll be playing. He'll be rested. All right. Let's go on to the la- next segment, not the last one. It's bounce down. All right, the Eagles versus the Giants. Uh, I said in my little promo on Instagram that we're in a bit of a downward spiral. If we lose our fourth in a row, let's hope we hold it and get a win. Um, we've won the last seven out of ten, I think, out against this team. So we've got the wood over them, and we won the last one in round eight by 25 points. So, But, again, another team that we're playing twice before we've played some teams even once. Well, every team we do effectively play twice is before That's once because Brisbane's last round and yeah, yeah, you know, I, we I don't it. get it. It's shambles, it's unbelievable. But that's the way it goes. Um, if we went back to the last game, Gaff was when they played. Gaff was best of field. He had thirty-two touches. Darling had four goals. Waterman three. Kennedy two. Giants. Cameron got two goals. Three of those four aren't playing this week. Yeah, it's uh... so where are the goals going to be kicked? No, I was I, when we read those stats out. Then the goals, I cringed. Four to Darling, two to Kennedy. That's six goals, uh, and we missed that. We talked about like the other things other than goals. I think last week about their pressure, their contested marking, which is you know evident. Every supporter knows this, and we're missing that. But at the end of the line, they're goal kickers, and we're missing that. Um, I'm a bit worried about this game. But that said. From memory, I can't remember who was out, but we went in this game with a lot of out. We went out. They had, we had a lot of outs, and so did they. Yeah. And it's funny that we've got a few key players out again, and so have they, but they're all different players from the last games. Yeah. So it's a bit different. Um, Giants have started to get their form back again um, against Hawthorne. Uh, Rory Loeb, uh, Kellen Ward, Cogs, and Patton were their goal kickers, and they won by 11 points, but they were running them all over the ground. They. They beat Hawthorne at their own game. Their kicking was superb. It was just brilliant to watch. Some of these guys like Josh Kelly, you know, they're just, they're going to make it hard for us if we're not on 
on our A game, mate. Yeah, but they had a lot of outs. I think Suckling got injured. Uh, uh, Gunston didn't play, who's a swingman forward and back for them. And I heard Impey had to play on Patton for some of the game. And anyone that knows Impey is, he's an ex-port player and he's a tiny little indigenous player. Yeah. Got lots of X-factor, but he's yeah, not brilliant. a full back. Yeah. Brilliant player, but to play on Patton, their full forward, that's Yeah, it's a bit amazing. of a mismatch. Um, so hopefully we can get the win. It's just, with our injuries, it's just, it's all our forward line. Well, these it's not are, good. These are some of the players that will be missing. Delidio's out for two weeks to four. Tavy Green still another two weeks. Uh, Scully's four to six. Setterfield, he's out for the season. Uh, Zach Williams, he's unconfirmed, but he's an Achilles. Cameron's out for four, another four weeks with suspension. Yeah, so, like, we have a chance. It's at home. Um, as we said earlier, we're not getting blown out the park. We just, we have to stifle momentum because we've talked about this in one of the very early uh, podcasts. AFL is a game of momentum. And I think that's one of our biggest faults with the injuries we've got. When we've got momentum, we're, we're grinding away, we're kicking these goals, getting in front. But we're not kicking bags. We're not making sure we're getting right in front, which is lacking. Yeah, it's, you know, like I said, if it's at home, we, we've got the edge. But after, if we go out and play like we did against Bloody Bombers, it's going to be a long night. But, yeah, look, I don't know. We, we, we've got to have faith in our team. And like you said, it's just been one quarter in each of those games that's let us down. We can't afford... We've got to play the four quarters. Simo's been saying we've got to play the four quarters. And that's what we've got to do. So, hopefully our midfield... Look, Luke Shuey, I know he's come back from injury. And he played a pretty good game against Port Adelaide. But in the last quarter, didn't really see much. He needs to stand up. He needs to take a game by the neck and to show him, I'm here. And the, the thing that worries me too, and this is just in my mind, there's... I've heard no reports, nothing sustained. But I think, did he play Yo back, not just because he moved Gov forward, but is he a bit sore? Because he got a bad knee injury earlier in the year, which I find he's managing it. But is it getting sore? Like, Because I talk about the younger players being sore. But Shuey coming back from injuries, he's still a bit sore. Is Yo carrying this knee injury that's sore because the strapping was, as I said, mainly behind his knee, but you can see it. He's carrying strapping. So was it like, we'll put you back so you don't have to do as much running and we'll put you on the full forward because, you know, he's not going to be covering lots of ground. He'll be mainly in the 450. Um, as I said, that's just something I've produced in my mind. It's not substantiated at all, but it wouldn't surprise me because we are playing a bit like a tired team right now. We look tired, and that's a problem, and uh, I think teams are picking up on it. Um, well, look, let's get into a winner in a margin. I'll let you go first, mate. <laughs> Put you under the pump. Uh, it's very similar to last week, to be honest. I, my heart says Eagles, says that every week. Can we win? Yes, we can. Um, but their injuries is a bit more evenly spread. Yep. It, it's the same complaint we've as supporters we all have, is all our injuries seem to be in our forward line. Um, and I think that's going to be our Achilles heel. Uh, so I think GWS by 17. <laughs> you heard yeah, it I'm here, not people. happy saying that, it. but as I said, the injuries are all in our forward line. Four of our six are out. Uh, I hope we can get the job done. I really do. Part of me was thinking like that, but over the last three weeks, I reckon Semmel would have given us such a big rev up that these guys are going to come out and I'm going to tip Eagles by 16 points. 
Oh my God, the roles have reversed here. What it's unbelievable, oh, yeah, isn't it? It is. Part of me just thinks if they cannot win this, um, those people that were throwing the keys at me to put in the bus, you can chuck those keys in the fucking yeah. water, mate. That's it. <laughs> because it'll be all over from there because it's only going to get harder. So um, we've got six games, seven games after this, yeah. including this. We've got to win five of them if we want a top four well, spot. Well, th- that's it. Um, I feel we win two more games. Uh, history shows we play finals. We win four. I think we'll probably play B top spot. If we win six, uh, we'll be top two. Um, that's what I reckon because there's only eight games left, but it's put us against the wall. As I said, we're treading water. We need to get wins like this. Yeah, seven games including this round. So, yep, look, it's there for us to do. We've got some winnable games. We've got some hard games, but if we're good enough, we'll win. All right, let's get to the last segment. <laughs> Under the pump. It's that time. It's under the pump, mate. And um, I'm going to attack our team. I haven't never done that. And, Something different. Um, I've attacked everything other than the team, so it's going to be really short. It's time to stand up. It's time to show your intent. It's time to put pride in yourself and the jumper. And it's time for a redemption. It's time to get back to your game plan. It's time to apply the pressure and time to make those tackles stick and hurt. And it's time to hunt these giants and put the fear back into the competition. Basically, it's time. I like it and 100% right. We need to respond against the giants. Um, we need just to win just to steady the ship. Like We don't have to win every game. And then at the pointy end of the season, right at the end, if we start to get these players back, we might see the form we saw when we won 10 in a row. So I reckon it's a beautiful one to the pot. I, I miss out a word, belief. That's all you need, boys. Um, mine's a bit of a funny one, actually. I was going to do it about Liam Ryan, but because it was such a talk about topic, we, we've already talked about that earlier in the podcast. So my under the pump, I'm actually almost baking myself here. <laughs> it's, it's a funny one, but I love the AFL. I love it to death. I love the West Coast Eagle. But I actually hate the fact I love the AFL. I wish it was another sport. I wish I loved basketball. Mate, this is a horrible call. I wish I liked soccer. I hate that game, but I wish that was my the, I just find the double standards and the bias and almost the corruption of the AFL is just so evident all the time. It's no longer the VFL. It's now the AFL. I find the compensation picks, and I actually got from a reliable source that the compensation picks has changed this year, and I actually got that like the formula to judge it, and I actually got that from a reliable source because he's sitting right next to me in Waza. Um, still not 100% sure how it works. It's wrong. It, it's wrong what I did or what you said? What I said. What you said, because I just feel... I have no confidence that if we say, look, we're not matching that offer, we should get a great pick. Um, And the things you're hearing, Caroline Wilson and Hutchie were laughing about it because they're just saying the AFL, it's a foregone conclusion that if Lynch leaves the Suns, they'll get pick three. Yeah, well, they're wrong. Yeah, well, this is just what's around. And I don't like that at all because I'm thinking, right, Lynch is great, he's a forward. Then you got Gov, he's a two-time All-Australian. Yep. He's the intercept marker of the comp, and he's more flexible. He can go forward and back. I'm thinking, what compensation will we get that? I have no faith in the AFL anymore. Also, I touched on the injury ladder. The media is so biased to it. Um, and the main one that got me on this point was, I'm not a fan of Kochi, and 
uh, you know, Dave Koshy, uh, Port CEO. Koshy, yep. Yeah. Um, but I don't like him, but I don't hate him. I'm quite impartial to him. Yep. Now, he said the fact it's kind of a biased competition, you need to fix... If it's going to be played right, it's played at the MCG game finals. You need to fix the inadequacies there. We've got to play more games there. We played Hawks at Etihad when we went over there last time yep. we played in Melbourne, which that, that in itself is a joke. MCG's Hawks home ground, and no one was playing a game on the Oval at that time either. Yep. Um, but we're not even allowed to train on the Oval. A lot of people don't know this. We are now. Yeah, Koch says we should be able to train on it before the game, yep. and, and then... When we get there as well, like that should be the oval we're training on. Because right now they've only just changed, as you yeah. kind of alluded to. And we can only have to train on there once, just to get a feel for it. And Koshy did say, take the VF out of the AFL. I'll just go on to your point about the conversation picks. They were, I said they were wrong, but if he was the only player that was a restricted free agent, they might get pick free. But it goes on all of the players put together, and it goes to committee. But I'll quickly go over it. The club that has a net loss players transferring from other clubs to as a free agent, the compensation formula processes a points rating for players based on the new contract of the free agent or the age of the free agent. Draft picks are allocated to clubs based on the net total points for free agents lost and gained during the transfer period. Draft picks will be allocated to one of the five places, first round, end of first round, second round, end of second round and third round. The applying formula is judged by an expert committee who reviews the formula. Not once does it say what the friggin' formula is. Say so it's a lottery. That's that's proving my point. And who point are the exactly? Experts? If they gave you a perfect equation, how they work it out, yeah, we wouldn't have you a problem. You can test it, but it is up for their own interpretation. Now, Gov fits a lot of those categories. He, for a tall, because everyone knows talls take longer. Their primes, you know. After mature 28s, you know, 27, 28, where he's so he's in a prime position age wise. The offers are apparently a 1.2 mil. There again, we deserve a very good pick for this player, but I have no faith in the system that will get that. Um, and then it's not even the conversation pick. A lot's been made about a Collingwood who sits second, they've beat one top 18. They're, you look at the list of who they've beaten. They've beaten all the bomb teams. Coming into the season, the professionals and, you know, they dissect the fixtures and that. They were, it, it was unanimous. Everyone said they had the easiest fixture for the year. And then Richmond, who finished, you know, effectively top because they won the premiership. For a top team, premiership team, they had an easier run as well. Yeah, like, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the system, it's almost biased and it's made to keep the VFL alive, basically. Yeah, but is. the VFL exists. It's safer now. Move on, people. Yeah, it is a VFL. Uh, yeah, well, look, yeah, we're never going to probably change it. And I probably agree totally with your man on every bit that you just said then. So, I, I think it will change, but I think I'm going to be a senior citizen by the time <laughs> it does because it be is such a backwards sport right now and it's sad but it is like and they always you always hear them then look into America to see how they run their sport no other sport is run like the AFL it's very very backwards um, I've always said it leave the game alone let it take care of itself and it'll all be good but that'll never happen anyway guys thanks for joining us on our 20th episode actually um you can go to a number of podcast apps now, SoundCloud, iTunes, the TuneIn Radio app, CastBox. Uh, there's heaps of others. We're also on Instagram at TNG underscore podcast. We're on Twitter at TNG underscore pod. 
We're on Facebook at TNG underscore podcast. That's our podcast page. And we've got the West Coast Eagles Next Generation discussion page. So join us on all of them, guys, and um, send in your questions, mate. That's it. We're everywhere, so no excuse not to listen. And um, hopefully we get a win on the weekend, so it'll be a bit more positive things to talk about, was it? And uh, thanks to a couple of the guys in America. I've got a couple of messages from um, America, the expats over there that are listening to the show and keeping up with the the eagles and love our show so thanks for their messages guys and till next week let's hope the eagles can slay some giants and this is the next generation signing out Beautifully read by Shepard.